Comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. I'm about to say two words containing a lot of syllables, but it's quite simple once you break it down. Here goes hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Hypertrophic part means enlargement, and cardiomyopathy is a disease of the heart muscle, which makes it hard for your heart to pump blood to the rest of your body. We also may, in this discussion, use the shorthand HCM. Here to tell us more about it is Dr. Sandeep Jani, the director of the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Clinic and the associate director of Advanced Heart Failure and Population Health at MedStar Heart and Vascular Institute in Baltimore. I'm your host, Mike Shu. Welcome to Doc Talk. And doctor, welcome to Doc Talk. That is quite a mouthful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so in short, the, the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is when the heart is enlarged or the muscle of the heart has thickened. How does that happen? So in traditional hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, it is through no fault of the patient's own. Uh, the heart thickens based um, just because it does based on genetic factors and other factors. It doesn't have to do with diet, doesn't have to do with exercise, doesn't have to do with lifestyle. It just kind of happens over the course of time. Is it common? It is common. Um, we think that um, patients have a th- unexplained thick heart in about one in 500 to maybe one in 2000 cases. So if we imagine a football stadium on a given Saturday or Sunday, that's a lot of people in that stadium who actually probably have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And Um, what are the symptoms? So it can be every, it, it can span the spectrum. So most patients actually probably have no symptoms at all. So even though it's very common, we don't diagnose a lot of patients because probably they don't have any symptoms. Saying that, there are patients who have all manner of symptoms. So it could be something as simple as mild shortness of breath or mild chest discomfort when they're exercising or doing something, all the way to severe shortness of breath or passing out, feeling their heart racing, um, or severe chest discomfort. Dangerous? Sometimes. um, (laughs) In the vast majority of cases... Um, it tends, it ends up not being that dangerous. If you go on the internet and you read about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, you're going to read a lot of things about patients dying suddenly. And that does happen on occasion, though the more we learn about it and the more patients we find who have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, the lower that number gets. So the chance of someone having a dangerous outcome from hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is relatively small. But for those patients who have either severe symptoms or are at risk for dying suddenly or having severe um, side effects or symptoms, then they need to be treated in a very specific way to help to minimize those issues. This is different than the sort of the widowmaker heart attack or... Is it more like the kind that the athletes have on the playing field or no? Good question. So, yeah, so it's not... A heart attack in the sense that when we think about heart attacks, we think about blockages in the blood supply to the heart, in the arteries of the heart. And that is not this. This is an abnormal thickening of the heart muscle. Um, And um, of athletes who have cardiac arrests on the field or on the basketball court, um, a significant proportion of them actually do have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, though um, there are lots of other reasons that somebody can um, have an issue with their heart on on the field. So how is this diagnosed? So usually it's diagnosed through cardiac testing. And um, 
Oftentimes, the first um, sign is an EKG where they put the stickers on your chest and get an electrical tracing of your heart. Um, that is abnormal. And that leads to pictures of the heart, usually through an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart. Um, and um, generally, that's where the, the thickness of the heart is noted. Um, other ways it can be sim- is that people have symptoms and then they get referred to a cardiologist or a doctor who starts to do appropriate testing and finds it that way. But it has to be diagnosed generally um, on testing of and by taking pictures of the heart in one way or another. Something doesn't feel right for one reason or another, and yeah. people end up in front of you. Yeah, or they have family members who happen to have this, and they're being checked um, yeah. for that reason. So is this preventable? It is not preventable. If you're going to get a thick heart like um, from hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, it's going to happen. Um, and we don't have in current 2021 technology medications ways to slow that down um, or to stop it. Is someone with HCM or are they, are they more, you know, is the fatality rate higher for them or the mortality rate than just sort of an average person, a normal person? That's a good question. And um, the answer is sometimes <laughs> they we, um, we take into effect um, into account numerous clinical factors to understand what the risk of someone having a fatal heart rhythm problem is in someone who has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And that includes things like how thick is your heart compared to a normal heart? Is it three times as thick as a normal heart? Because that would be a high-risk feature. Have you passed out for unexplained reasons? Do you have family members who have died suddenly for reasons specifically if you know that it's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy related? Have we put a heart monitor on you and you we've seen dangerous heart rhythms? Um, those are sort of factors we take into effect to sort of understand the risk of um, someone dying suddenly. In fact, in my, in my patient visits, like every patient visit with every patient with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, I'm basically doing that assessment. What is the risk of this patient dying suddenly? And if that risk is considered high enough, then we talk about placing what's called a defibrillator, which is kind of like a pacemaker. It goes under the skin um, on, in your sh- near your shoulder, and it just watches your heart. It's like a life insurance policy. <laughs> um, it doesn't make your heart thinner or thicker or change the way it functions. Um, it just watches for one of these dangerous electrical patterns, and if you go into one of these dangerous electrical patterns, it will work to get you out of it in various ways. Um, and that's, you know, that's sort of what I'm assessing for every time I'm seeing a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy patient. Because the heart's going to do what it's going to do, but if you have that installed, it's going to stop bad things from happening. That's exactly right. I mean, when I describe it, I describe it as either a life insurance policy, which many of us have and most of us never need, um, which is the same way with a defibrillator. Um, But if you do need it, you're happy you have it. Or I describe it as a sprinkler system in a building, which again, just kind of watches for a fire, um, but isn't used most of the time. So then- I guess there are two questions here. How do you live with HCM and are there restrictions? And I guess there are two different categories, the people who it's not so bad that they need to have the defibrillator put in and then the people who do. Right. So how do you live with it um, is a good question. And that I think is entirely dependent on what your symptoms are and what your risk of um, dying is from the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, if your symptoms are severe, then there may potentially be ways to make them better or potentially almost eliminate them altogether. And, and that just depends on what your heart looks like and what the issue causing the symptoms are. Um, many patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy live a normal life and would never have known they have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy except that they happen to need a surgery and got an EKG 
or happened to see a doctor who happened to do an EKG. Um, so there are many people who just live normal lives. In general, we recommend that patients avoid very strenuous exercise. And these are things like competitive um soccer, competitive football, competitive basketball, those sorts of things on very high levels um, or high intensity interval classes, things like that. But for most patients, most of the time they can exercise at sort of moderate level and they can live a fairly close to normal life um, if we can manage the symptoms appropriately. You want them to be exercising. Absolutely. Um, And we want them to sort of strike that balance of, of exercising to stay healthy Um, but not exercising to the extent where we think it puts them at risk. Now, there are patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy who choose to exercise that aggressively, but we do it in a cautious way, and we we just make sure we have discussions about what the risk benefits in those scenarios are. What is it about that high-level exercise that exacerbates it? That's a good question. So I think in these very high-level exercise um, regimens, people – create a lot of adrenaline, which can precipitate some of the heart rhythm problems that people have um, in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So we often, um, with the help of our sports cardiologist here, do some exercise testing for these patients to give them sort of a zone in which we feel like they're in a um, relatively safe level, but can still exercise. So they may have to wear some sort of monitoring device, like you know, an Apple Watch or something, to, to this, so they can tell if they're kind of getting closer to their zone. That's right. We often ask people to wear a heart rate monitor if they're exercising. Wow. Um, you know, since it is rooted in genetics, would any, should anyone who knows if it's in their family get tested? And the converse, if you don't know your family's HCM history, should you get tested? So if you um, have a family member, especially a first degree relative with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, the recommendations are that everyone get tested all first degree relatives of someone with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy should get tested. Mother, father, brother, sister. Yes, and children. And children. And um, beyond that, the recommendations are less clear, but often families will choose to get tested, you know, in secondary relatives or grandchildren down the line. And there are um, different ways to get tested. One is through genetics. So if a patient has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, we are frequently um, recommending that they get genetic testing. And what that is, is a look inside their DNA, not for everything in the world. We're not looking for cancers. We're not looking for long lost relatives. We're only looking for genes that can affect the heart. And if they have a gene that made their heart thick the way it is, then it's possible. And in fact, likely that family members have that gene as well, and they should certainly get tested. So there are well-known markers that you can look for. There are, though not everyone has them. Um, So there are patients who have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy who get genetic testing who don't have any abnormalities in their genetics, but still have a thick heart. So the second part of that is clinical screening. And um, in family members, we tend to recommend an EKG and an echocardiogram in adult family members every three to five years, uh, depending on whether or not they've been genetically tested. And in, in younger um, family members who are teenagers or even younger, uh, often it's yearly. So if, if you're in uh, having a medical procedure done for something else completely, and they do one of those sort of cursory EKGs where, you know, it runs for 10 or 15 seconds. It doesn't seem long. Is that is something that simple? Is that enough to be able to be one of the pre-screenings that could help someone like you? Um, 
EKGs are certainly helpful. They are not diagnostic. So um, it's enough to raise questions, right? Like this EKG looks really abnormal. We need to do more testing. Right. This is, it's a starting point. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and then something like that, where the patient necessarily wouldn't know what their EKG looked like. You just hope that somewhere in the line that one of the other medical professionals who's seeing you for that reason might flag it. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes these EKGs are markedly abnormal. So um, it'll, it'll stick out. It usually sticks out. Right. I, in fact, tell my patients that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me again about the different courses of treatment. Yeah. So some patients need no treatment at all other than routine monitoring and the family screening that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um other patients um, can be effectively treated on medications, and some of these are standard medications that we can just prescribe at, at regular pharmacies. Now, there are new medications and new studies of other medications becoming available in the next several months to years. Um, that are speci- The first medications that are specifically designed for people with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy have never existed before. And... Um, there's a lot of excitement that these can really help people feel better in the right circumstances. You feel better in the sense that they don't have those episodes or of uncomfortable pressures and yeah, exactly right. So they, um, the hope is that they help primarily relieve their shortness of breath, but also potentially um, just help them feel more active with less pain and less shortness of breath. When I think of someone with shortness of breath, I, I naturally go to someone who may be uh, not in the best of health or slightly overweight. And that, that that's not a, a cross factor here, is it? I mean, it can be. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, it does not mean you don't have other issues as well. And so I think part of the screening and part of my job is to, trying to understand with these patients how much of this is related to your heart? How much of this is related to something else? And um, what can I do to get you feeling better? But someone who looks perfectly healthy in the sense of their height, weight, proportionate, and that they they could also have this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and are, are those the ones who are most often surprised when like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm doing everything right here. Or- um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they, a lot of them come to my office, not really understanding what's going on and why they're here and what's, what's happening with their heart. So I think a a lot of that is, is just, you know, what we've just talked about, you know, you're doing really well. We're just going to keep an eye on things. We need to make sure your family's okay. It sounds to me like you have to do a lot of education as part of this. That's a big part of our clinic visits is just showing them pictures and showing patients pictures, understanding what the issues are and going through all the possible scenarios of complications and, and sort of pathways forward. Well, I was going to say, but at least with something like this, that they probably would be alarmed at first, but because there are clear pathways forward by the end of the visit, I, I would assume that they're, you probably talked them off the ledge a little. I hope that's true. And, um, that's part of what I mentioned before is if you go on the internet, you read a lot about people dying suddenly and, I think a lot of our conversations are like, your risk is not that high of that kind of thing happening. That's good. Um, Who comes first, the cardiologist or the primary care? Anyone who is suspected of having hypertrophic cardiomyopathy certainly needs to see a cardiologist at some point. Um, I think they need primary care doctors as well. And often the primary care doctors are the people doing the EKGs to recognizing them to be abnormal and then referring to cardiology. But I think everybody with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy should see a cardiologist and all the first-degree relatives of, of family members who have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy should see a cardiologist as well. 
in specialized centers and clinics like mine where we can do genetic testing and um, sort of go through the whole spectrum of the disease and understand the pathways forward. There's lots of value added there. Thank you very much. Thanks for keeping uh, you know the patients safe and, and everybody as healthy as they can be. We've been talking with Dr. Sandeep Johnny at MedStar Union Memorial Hospital. Dr. Johnny, thank you for sharing your expertise here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. For more information or to schedule an appointment, you can call 410-554-6550.